Hello, and welcome to Progressive Opinions of Color, a podcast that seeks to create space for people of color in conversations about economics, culture, and politics. I am your host, Nancy Wu, and today we have a very exciting guest for y'all. This is Yan Zhu Ding. A little bit about her and her bio. She is a bilingual writer and actor. New York Taiwanese bilingual actress Yan Ding is also a writer, translator, and dubbing artist. Damn, girl. As an actor, she leads two off-Broadway plays and two feature films. However, her mission in the United States is to create work and collaboration opportunities for diverse groups. Therefore, she creates many original works, including the stage play, which has been world premiered in New York East Broadway Theater and has been invited to the Museum of Chinese in America, MOCA. Her film scripts have also won Best Screenplay in reputable film festivals around the world. As a speaker in Asia, she shares and discusses with alien artists how to create a career in the United States with their own craft and creativity. Please check out her website at yanjuding.com, and all of this will be linked below. And then created the short film Sans Everything. So a, a bit about her film. It is inspired by Shakespeare's famous prologue, All the World's a Stage, which discloses the meaning of this transient and elusive life. The story unfolds an Asian dancer who strives to live in New York and confronts a series of life crises in 2020, including COVID-19. Surprisingly, she conquers all the ordeals enlightened by Shakespeare's world word, sends everything, and it's based on a true story. So be sure to check that out. This project is also honored to be sponsored by New York Feder- Foundation for the Arts, NYFA artist program, which makes your kind donation tax deductible. Please check the pitch video below and the gift that they will prepare for you on nyfa.org. The script has won 11 Best Screenplays Awards in reputable film festivals around the world and is now the finalist in Oscar qualifying festival, Rhode Island International Film Festival. So the links to sponsor this project will be below as well as her other information. But let's jump into the interview so you can learn more about the creative process of all of this and her inspirations for everything. This is so damn impressive, girl. Like, I didn't even know this. We didn't even talk about all these awards that this film has won during the interview. That's so badass. Like, I am so excited for more Asian and Asian-American created art out there, more scripts, more films, more representation, but more like really cool personal stories. This is so freaking exciting. I'm really excited for y'all to learn more about her through our interview. So let's get started. Hi. Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Can you hear me well? Yes, I'm so glad you're joining. I'm really excited to hear more about your story and your screenplay and acting and everything. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to hear your story. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience and tell us about what you do, who you are, your background. Thank you, Nancy. Very, very glad to see you. And um, thank you for um, giving me the chance to say something about uh, Asian and uh, Asian screenplay and uh, Asian artists here. Uh, First of all, my name is Yang Ziding. I come from Taiwan. And um, I was originally a harpist 
And one day, I just commissioned to do a musical. So that's why I was so interested about this craft. So that's why I, I come to New York to learn music, musicals. Uh, but I get into the school that, that told people uh, to be, become a musical performer. So that's why I become an actor first. And then I do any kind of like a film or stage or like a stage play or musical, any kind of things. But I never forgot to write musical. Like I really want to write something. So that's why after graduation, I found out there are not many uh, plays or productions or films for uh, immigrants to audition or play, especially someone like us, we, we, we speak with accent and we have different kind of cultural backgrounds. So there's not much things for us to audition. So I start to write my own thing. And so then I become writer and actor as well. So collaborate with Asians as well. So uh, hope to um, offer a lot of opportunities for how the immigrant or Asian. That's really cool. Yeah, that's so true. There's not enough um, screenplays or potential film opportunities out there or live opportunities out there for a lot of Asians who want to go into acting. I know a lot of friends who are aspiring actors and actresses and they'll audition for these movies that are looking for white people, I guess. But I mean, even then, Asians should be cast more. But to have something written by someone who's Asian or Asian American that specifically casts other Asians and Asian Americans would be really, really great. So can you tell us a bit more about your screenplay? Yeah, my screenplay is called Sounds Everything. Sounds Everything is actually uh, Shakespeare's prologue for um, a play called As You Like It. So Sounds Everything is the last sentence of that prologue. And that prologue is called All the Words is Page. Basically, Shakespeare just said that uh, we people is just like an actor. We have our entrance and our exit. So you entrance like a baby and you grow up and then uh, have a work and then getting old, sick and then die. So it's just like a, a arc. So you uh, enter the, the stage and then exit. So it's just like a joke. So, so it's meaningless. If you see everybody's life, it's just like a arc. It's an arc. It's no much things to say or to do or everything you earn will just a gun. So, so I, I studied that uh, prologue when I was in school. I feel so sad. I feel like, oh my God, why? What Shakespeare is trying to tell us through this? Uh, prologue. I'm not really understand. I just feel so sad. And uh, so until 2020 March, that is a very very um, tough time. I mean, like a pandemic start to 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 explode, especially in New York. And uh, in that time, um, I lost my job, all the acting job, and uh, my visa got problems, and uh, and uh, my. Uh, marriage got um, say like a crisis or something, and when I back to Taiwan, oh, and my visa got problem, and then I come back to Taiwan, I got COVID nineteen. I was confirmed, oh, wow. and and I was sent to the hospital right away. And it's a very serious case in Taiwan. By that time, like all the chaos happened at the same time, I start to realize what Shakespeare trying to say in that prologue. 
I am not old, you know, but I think it seems like my life has already gone and I have, it's my end of the day. It's my end of the world right now because I feel I almost die in the hospital. So I see my arc already because it goes to the end already. And uh, when I see that, I also see others, my enemy and like, my teachers, the lawyers who bully me or uh, the stranger who attacked me, i really being attacked uh, in New York. Like all the things that I see their life arc and I sort of see like the whole life, everybody is just like an arc. It's just like a stage. And then by that time, I have no hatred inside because everybody is the same. Because everybody's life is meaningless. I got a chance to survive again. That time, only in front of me is love. It's just like, oh my God, I got this chance to back to the earth. And then all the enemies, all the chaos, all the like difficulties or ordeals are just nothing. Only you want is and like really trigger the times you are here. Um, in that time, I just feel like, oh my God, I really need to write down what Shakespeare is trying to tell us. So um, it's kind of like, uh, you can say it's like a documentary that record like uh, what happens in 2020 March in New York and all kinds of events happened that time. And and I just use my life crisis to uh, re-interpret like how people can understand Shakespeare trying to tell us because if you see Shakespeare's um, as you like it, the whole play, and then go back to see the prologue, all the words, all the words to say, you will understand. Life is just a comedy. <laughs> it's just a comedy. Only the kindness and love can solve everything. It's humor. I'm really excited to, to read it, to watch it once it becomes produced. I think it's, <laughs> I mean, it is, it's both tragic and funny at the same time because life is just like that. Like you are born, you die between you work and do whatever you need to do to go through the day. And then meaning is something that it's essentially meaningless, but you create meaning into it your own way. But that's insane that you went through COVID and had a near death experience. Cool that like you got something really, really powerful out of that experience and turned it into art. So how did you get into writing this? Did you take classes in screenwriting before? Did you write anything before this? Um, or was this something new that you were experimenting with? No, I didn't take the class. But uh, uh, I started to write because of uh, I wanted to get my visa, my artist visa. You know, like we student graduate, we need to create, like, create the field of credits. So that's why I know I don't have enough. So that's why I write a one-woman show. It's a stage play. And yeah, you know, if I if I write it and I act, and then I can have a lot of documents like a Broadway World or like a Theater Mania, and a lot of people probably write uh, interview me or something, so I can get a lot of documents to apply visa. And through so that writing, I really put a lot of, a lot of time to rewrite and polish and ask a lot of teachers or screenwriter to give me the opinion so that's why I started to dig in this craft and I found out because I just want to do that for my visa but I found out that wow if you create something people really resonate with that people really like after that they will they will tell you that how much they change how much they change their mind or how 
their perspective change or how they start to realize how immigrants survive here or they start to have those knowledge and their life changes because sometimes we still connect to each other. So, I mean, like, oh, my God, you create your own work. It's so powerful. So that's why I feel like, okay, I really need to do that. So after I get my visa, I still want to produce something. But originally, um, this play, uh, this screenplay is, um, I read it because I just want to heal myself. But after talking to a few of my very close friends, and they said, Yang, you need to tell the world these things because how Asian feel like and how uh, immigrant feel like, how a international student feel like and how the pandemic and how the black people feel like and how Shakespeare saved you and how your life changed after knowing this great work. You have to tell people because it could be a become a documentary. They would know that how those people survived in that time. And I said, yeah, but documentary is a really a good, um, it's a good reason to produce. So when I have this kind of thinking, oh my God, a director come and a DOP comes and then we start a team. So that's why it happened. Ooh, that'd be really cool if it becomes a documentary. <laughs> is the main character or the characters in this, as you envision it, are they Asian? Is there an Asian story or an immigrant story in there or is it's not just about an immigrant. It's uh, a lot of a lot of things, um, including black people. And there is a good location, and uh, there's a very bad location. So it's like, and there's a very good black people, and there's you know, like uh, it's not about the races because every races they have good one and bad one. Even Asian, we have a bad one. So that's all in the play. So yet there will be antagonists and protagonists of various races. So it will be a very diverse cast and give a lot of opportunities for different actors across different racial groups to all bond and meet each other and appear on screen together, which will be really exciting. (laughs) Wow. Congratulations on the award you won so far, the NYFA sponsorship program. Could you talk more about that? Yeah, that is the New York Foundation for the Arts. So, um, Basically, they will choose like a, a, a few projects, uh, like sponsor the individual artists. And uh, you, if your project being chosen by them, you can your project can post on their platform, their website, and you can get a donation from that. And people who donate to NYFA is because they know those projects is that have high quality. So they are willing to donate and uh, all the donors can get tax deduction. So that's why um, it's a benefit for helping artists to develop their own work. But um, it has to be nonprofit. So we cannot go commercial. We cannot distribution. We cannot do that. But, uh, but that is totally um, our idea that we just want to share the story to people. We don't want to sell and we don't want to make money by that. So uh, we are right now we promoting this website that help people can go to New York Foundation for the Arts to see the project. If they're interested, they can donate and we have different kind of levels to reward them. 
like give them some gift to reward their donation and they can also get the tax deduction. Oh, that's really cool. Congratulations. <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what are the next steps that you're taking this project right now? Uh, right now we are still in a fundraising uh, stage. Uh, when we get enough found, then we can start to shoot. Yeah, actually we shoot um, something already. We shoot something uh, because this story happened in New York and Taiwan. And New York is only like 20%. So we, I pull my own money to shoot uh, the New York part. So if you go to that website, you will see the teaser. You will see like uh, a little bit footage that was shoot in New York. So you can basically what what, what is kind of the tone of that movie. I will include that link below and then people can check it out and donate as well in order to help turn this into a film. You have like a director already and potential like people who are acting in it. Uh, when we decided to do the New York part first of all, like a little trailer, uh, we casting everyone already. They are already there and they already done their work. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so but Taiwan's part, we haven't, yeah, we haven't cast Okay, that'd be awesome. I definitely will share that because I have some friends who are an actress or an aspiring actress, but I have some like other friends as well. So that'd be definitely cool to share with everyone. What have been um, some of the challenges that you found so far work getting into this industry, either related to being Asian or not? Yeah, I mean, like for me personally, definitely the English because I speak with accent and I know it takes some time to like uh, uh, totally cut my accent but uh, for right now when I go to audition or I go everywhere when I open my mouth and people know everything that okay she's come from foreign country however there are still a lot of uh, films like independent film and a few place um, they can allow uh, people who have jade I got a lot of things about playing immigrants artists or sometimes just playing very stereotype role like a very like powerful woman like alpha woman that kind of things like a lawyer or police or spy that kind of thing i can get the stereotype things <laughs> and uh, otherwise i will get all immigrants roles yeah but there are a lot of chinese students uh, come to the united states to study film so they tend to write a lot of immigrant story so it's not like very bad, but um, still the opportunity is not much as like uh, we say, um, local people. So there there are lots of roles, but most of them tend to be more stereotypical roles. So I don't know anyone who works in film in New York, but that's interesting. So like, are are you just going to auditions all the time? What's it What's it like? Like, what is a day in the life like? Like, how often do you all go to auditions? How do you balance that with writing and then um are you still playing the harp or are you still doing music or other things along the way like <laughs> yeah uh my side job is translation and dubbing so um vision is very very hard like uh, you probably go to 10 or 20 audition you get one role and it's it's just uh, it's just very competitive by that side job, I can arrange my time. And writing is, you just have to find time to do that because you know that you are an actor. And, and after I got my visa, I have more time to, to write because 
when I apply in visa, that is after visa. So I cannot say I'm a writer or anything. But after I get my green card, I I start to write more. Uh, but writing is like a, a you, you cannot see how much you earn. You cannot see who wants to invest in you. You cannot see how much you earn. This is just your ideal that you want to really offer some idea, offer some uh, concept to the world. So it's totally a kind of your mission of life. So I would say that um, I still put my acting and my side job first and then writing when you really tell the world that, okay, this is a story that we need to tell the world. Oh my God, a lot of people come to help you. Like my my director and my DOP, they they become my core team. They charge nothing. They said, okay, if you earn anything, we can like separate. But for right now, they are Asian. And one of them uh, actually studied in uh, Los Angeles before. So he really wants to tell this story. So if you really want to offer something to the world, oh my God, the universe will come back to help you. <laughs> wow, that, that's really inspiring because... I am trying to write a book on the side, but I've never made time for it, really. It's just been something that I do for fun. It's hard because like, you never know, is someone going to want to buy this? Is this going to publish? Does anyone even want to read it? Like, You have a very compelling storyline for yours, and it looks like, like you've already done a lot of work with it. You guys have already found some awesome people to direct and help it go to where it is today so that that's really awesome that you have all of these resources yeah it definitely is a story that needs to be out in the world i'm super excited for that how has it been like do you have any other other ones that you're working on right now are you writing more recently i got a very very crazy idea that one of my uh teachers like acting teachers uh he told me that uh, Yanzi, you should go to ask the entrepreneur to just to donate to you and you give them like a co-producer or associate producer because they, they, they have a lot of money. They just want that title. So I can actually uh, start to propose to big entrepreneur and see if they want to sponsor our project. So that's the currency that I'm learning right now because uh, I think there are a lot of artists supported there. They really want to support artists. But our artists, we tend to feel like uh, we are poor and we are hard to get money and we are rejecting, being rejected all the time. So they tend to lose their value. Um, but when I start to learn how to propose to the big person, I mean, like rich people, <laughs> and I start to found, oh, my God, they really respect you. No matter they want to donate or not, but they respect you. They really respect that you have that kind of compassion. And they told me that, Yangzi, you cannot, like, produce a movie like a student film budget because it's not there you pull your time to write the whole screenplay you research you you have to eat you have to sleep you have to buy something and you have your like a daily necessity you have to count all that because that is your working time 
So you cannot like pay artists like in a very low budget because it's not fair for them. But if you dare to ask that you see your value and see your worth, then you have that courage to dare to apply for the like uh, NIFA, the, the the sponsorship, or dare to 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 apply the grants, dare to ask people to support you, to sponsor you. So that's why. Um, our team is started to getting more exposure because um, we want to tell people, yes, we are the artists that with the mission and with the ideal and the responsibility for the society. So that's why we deserve to uh, promote ourselves and ask for more help and more fund because we think we respect our project and respect our time and, and life as well. Before that, I was like, think, oh, artists are probably struggling for their whole life, but it's not true. Yeah, some successful artists they really know their worth and they know how to marketing themselves, and I think it's very important. That's super inspiring. It's so true. You got to know your worth <laughs> as artists, and. When you know your worth, um, ask. There's like no shame in asking for donors or asking rich people, like entrepreneurs who have all the money in the world, who just want credit to be a part of a creative <laughs> something because they don't have time to do creative stuff themselves, even though they probably want to, but they're too busy doing other things. It's great that you're part of a community with other actors and actresses and people who who have been through similar things before. Do you work with a lot of other? Asians currently or Asian Americans. So tell me about the film industry, whether through acting or directing or writing as an Asian or an Asian American and how the industry is for um, for other Asians and Asian Americans who are looking to get into the industry. Yeah, I think there uh, are two kinds of questions for me because uh, I'm like, uh, strictly speaking, I'm not Asian American because I just... Uh, come here working for three years, so totally five years in New York. So uh, the biggest problem is my accent. Like uh, a lot of productions, they don't allow people to speak with accents. So this is the first reason that uh, I think it's my challenge. But still, there are a lot of production. They are hiring really immigrant Asian. So um, that's the role that I can play. So other thing I think Asians struggling is um, stereotype and uh, sometimes they just uh, not get used to Asian face to play some role yeah um, yeah especially in film that's why I think uh, why I start from writing stage play and screenplay because uh, not only you can produce yourself uh, but also those words can be produced by others because there are a lot of Asian here. They want to like really portray themselves. Like I don't want to play like uh, like Snow White, but with my yellow face, it's like it could be work. I mean, in Broadway, it probably could could be work. But uh, but but basically, I, I respect the how to say original work because if the work say it's black. And I, I won't audition for that. If we can uh, offer more Asian work, the, the problem will be solved because people will see Asian work. 
So, so that's why if we help each other, we don't care about other people's thinking. If we help each other, and our voice will become bigger, bigger, and bigger. I believe in one day Asian and other uh, so-called races will be equal mm-hmm. <laughs> one day. I hope so. That would be great. Just having more roles out there in general portraying Asian characters, and I think it would be cool too to have just if, if there's a role where there's not a particular. Preference for a certain race of the character that Asians can be a part of that too, and just like have more diverse roles in films in general. I would have loved that growing up to watch more American films with um, or Asian films too that I could understand that had Asian characters in there. That would just be so much more relatable and make also Asians growing up not want to look white like all the people on TV are. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's culture, I think. Um, I, res- I respect like uh, the entertainment history as well. I mean, there, there are a lot of reasons and factors that uh, build this industry. So, I don't know. I, we, if we accept, so we can, then we can change. We can change from now. So, there is no complaint for me. Yeah. So, what are some of the stereotypes that you've seen that cast directors were asking for and which of have you find, found any of them problematic or have you more or less embraced the characters or was there like I'm just curious what is currently out there I hope that I've been hearing that there's fewer stereotypical characters how before it was always like the man who was really nerdy or does kung fu but I hope there's a broader range of characters now but they might still be stereotypical <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you are right. Like uh, kung fu, and um, I heard like a lot of uh, uh, Asian actors said, especially actresses, they are typically like um, has to audition for like prostitute or like a maid or something like really work working um, level that kind of career and that kind of job. So um, still, there are stereotype there, but. I saw many, many Chinese come to United States to study and make film. Asian pre-Asian story is more and more, and they bring more voice. And that's not stereotype. That's a true person and true people and true events. They are record a history. It's like a documentary for me right now. But um, but like Crazy Rich Asian, that movie, it's like portray another kind of world. So I hope it's just like a more Asian writer comes out. And I think um, our topic will be definitely more diverse. How do you feel about um, Asian writers and directors who are writing stories about Americans, mainly white people like Nomadland, Chloe Zhao wrote. And then I think she also wrote The Writer, which is about this cowboy in North Dakota She's an Asian woman coming into the film industry and writing really award-winning scripts about Americans, which I thought was pretty cool. But I'm curious, like, it doesn't definitely doesn't open up more roles for other Asian Americans um, or Asians in the acting industry, but it's a different perspective. So I'm curious about your thoughts on that. I was curious about about her as well. <laughs> I, I feel like she, I think she really breaks that kind of to say limit because probably what she said what she work is totally reasonable so people will respect her work and her story so she's direct uh, another big film I think it's Marvel's 
some really big film comes up, she directed the film that I wrote is about 2020 when the pandemic comes and about immigrant dancer. So it's basically still my perspective. It's not so there is like a, as a foreigner here to see what happened in the United States. But eventually we still solve all the chaos with the universal concept. Eventually a good story will take the audience to their life eventually. So I think mm, mm, as a human, I think that won't be a big problem. But however, I have wrote a stage play and that stage play is totally not related about American America or something. It, it still has some immigrant um, elements inside, but um, still we are talking about um, people reincarnations and Chinese woman who has um, her ambition and her passion to surviving in this world. So that's just to provide a chance for Americans to see, oh, this is how Chinese think. That's how Chinese approach uh, uh, reincarnation or um, approach to God or something. Well, that's really cool, too. That's like bringing more understanding about different cultures in a way that is coming directly from an Asian person's perspective rather than a white person writing a, writing a play about Asians. Like whenever I read books about Chinese history or anything, it's always written by like a white person who studied it because all the things that Chinese people write are in Chinese. And so it's really hard to translate that. So it's great to have the cultural perspective come directly from someone who is bilingual and can represent accurately the Taiwanese side and Chinese culture and then like show that to American audiences. Mulan's uh, kind of like the perspective from American. But oh, yeah. uh, the, the memoir of Geisha, do you know the memoir of Geisha? Oh yeah, I watched the movie. I, I think that is a good one. I mean, also the author is American, but he tried to write a Geisha story, a Japanese story, but I think he portrays, she, she, she has done a very good job. Mm-hmm. So depends, I, I guess, yeah. If he like really want to understand the culture, it's just about empath- empathetic, um, based on the empathy that if you really want to tell the story. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like Chloe Zhao t- telling the story of, of American cowboys or people ah. in trailers. It's like if you do your research and you really get close to the community and you understand, and it's a good story, then that that's what matters. But so so often, like it's really hard to see that really good research done and that empathy come through. So yeah, yeah, and Lee as well, mm-hmm. and Lee. I mean, like the Taiwanese director who uh, win the Oscar two times. Oh, yeah, and Lee. The first Oscar he won is uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden, Crouching Dragon, Hidden Tiger. I, I forget the name, but uh, he won the best uh, foreign uh, pictures. Is that best foreign pictures? I don't know what's the, the full name. And the second time he he, he directed a cowboy um, film, which is talk about the gay relationships. Oh, uh, Brokeback Mountain? Yeah. Yeah, that oh, one. that one. Oh, I didn't yeah. know it was the same person who did Crouching, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Wow. Yeah, that's like a so original American story, Broken Hills, right? 
Brokeback Mountain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brokeback Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of cool because it got, like, a lot of Asian parents who are, like, homophobic to watch it because of the direct, maybe, like, hopefully gain some more empathy for the gay community through that way just because of the person who wrote it who directed it. What are you working on next? I know you mentioned that you were trying to get the filming set up in Taiwan. Um, Are you writing anything else or reading anything or what's been inspiring you and what are you working on lately? Yeah, still uh, for this film, we are still uh, getting the found and trying to film as soon as possible. And uh, I'm still working on uh, a, a concert uh, it's commissioned by Green Room 42. I don't know if you know this um, this uh, venue. That is, uh, it's just like a like a cabaret venue, and they sometimes commissioned um, artists or composers or uh, songwriters to do it uh, to 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 produce a show. So um, I'm writing uh, the whole concert. Uh, it's kind of like a, a one woman musical, but it can, but, but still there are a lot of singer guests there. Um, it's called therapist therapist is talking about like, a, a therapist that she knows that what her clients need and want. like some therapists, they will use like, a, um, just a typical consulting way. And sometimes um, they will like see your past life, and sometimes they will use tarot cards. Sometimes oh, yeah. It's just like people have different kind of things. She can see that. So she tends to treat every different kind of people. So every patient, they have a song. So that's why um, the whole concert is called The Therapist. But there is an S in yeah, because uh, she played multiple roles. Oh. Yeah, it's funny, yeah, it's just a funny project. <laughs> but this can be played by Asian or non-Asian. It doesn't matter. That is the most exciting thing. That I don't like people say, oh, is this for Caucasian or for Black? Or No, no, everybody can sing that. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, I yeah. want to see that. That's so great because, I mean, with my therapist that I'm working with, I had to go through a lot of people to find her, whereas I've had ones before where they try to get into spirituality and religion, and I'm like, okay, I'm not, that's that's not my style. So that would be great. In a perfect world, every like every therapist would be like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to find the one, really, that is what you really need. Yeah, then, then she can help you. That's so important. That's very different from the other story. Like, how do you get your inspirations for writing different stories? Wow, that's very personal. <laughs> so personal. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it is because um, uh, uh, I was going through a very, very tough relationship this year in New York. And... Uh, um, it's just so hard to get this through. And when I want to, like, survive, you know, I just don't want to survive because my whole person is just, like, cannot believe this happened in my life. It's so cruel. It's really so cruel. So I try to help myself. So um, I try different kind of therapists. So this is not okay. This is not okay. And try all kinds of therapists and spend a lot of money and 
And it's just like an experiment because uh, the fun side, the fun effect is that the fun fact is that the store do know that how those people are doing because they really use different approach. And one of them really helped me. Just one of them. So I found the one that really resonate with me and really solve my problem. So after see those therapists, I found out okay, they have so many stories, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and those story they they told me like okay, the uh, their other patients um, they stand up again or being cured by a concept or by a method. And I, that is the part I'm so interested because it's probably not work on me, but work for them. So uh, I just record this story. Sometimes I interview them because it's stories, you know, like artists that just always like looking for stories. So I found out, okay, so those stories can really be told. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why I write this story. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it, that's always the experience. Like, it takes forever to find the therapist that works for you. And it can be so discouraging for a lot of people when they first start looking for a therapist if the first one they meet doesn't fit their style. And it's already hard enough to get an appointment in New York City as it is. But yeah. that's exciting, especially now with I know mental health in the Asian community is really new for a lot of people. Um, and I hope this is one of those stories where more people can read or watch and learn about and then be more open as well. It definitely took my parents a while to understand like mental health. They're like, you're in America. Why are you just, just be happy. And I was like, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Like I would tell them the stories that my therapist tells me about how to think and like how to approach life and stuff. And then my parents were just taking notes. They're like, wow, this is amazing. This is really good advice. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, right, maybe right. maybe we'll you should it. see one yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, Sounds that's great. true. Yeah, but I think I believe you like uh, take some time to find your own therapist, right? Oh yeah, it took like two yeah. years. Well, two oh. years from when I first started to when I found my current one. I mean, I took like a few after the first bad experience. I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. And then a few months later, I was like, okay, I'll try again. And then I was like, okay, I give up. This is this is bad. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. I'm, yeah, if we have chance, I would love to hear your story too. I mean, I just was looking for a therapist to deal with like general depression and anxiety, which I was diagnosed with um, in 2017. Yeah, 2017. And my mental health was like going up and down. So when it was bad, I tried to look for a therapist. And then when it was good again, I was like, well, I'm fine, whatever, I don't care. And then I would get to a bad place again and look for a therapist. It took until 2019 when I found the therapist that I'm still seeing today and she's awesome and I think like even during COVID I was like should I still keep talking to her I feel like I'm fine but I still talk to her every week and it's been amazing it's like the best investment I've ever made on myself I think and like even though right now I think I have my depression and anxiety mostly under control it hasn't really come back much in the past year but I still keep talking to my therapist because she's become a life coach as well and she just gives so much good good thoughts and like the way that she thinks and reminds me to think is really really helpful for like me just in general um no matter like where I am in life so it's been really good but yeah the first few made me very discouraged because one was like talking about she was a divorce therapist and she was just what my insurance matched me up with 
And so we didn't really have much to talk about. And then the second one was all about God. She was like really religious and I'm not religious, but my mom is. I don't know how it got connected, but yeah. And then the third one ghosted me. I asked for a follow-up appointment and then she didn't respond. And then I asked again and she didn't respond. I was like, what? <laughs> so yeah. it was all very weird. Quite a journey, but definitely something I'm super passionate about mental health, especially with like Asians, Asian Americans, and like trying to teach my parents about it and everything. It's like something that I'm really passionate about. So I'm really excited for for this. Yeah, 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 me too. And um, like you said, uh, you give me an inspiration that I should write a song that I didn't um, treat the, the patient. I mean, like, sometimes it's just fail. So it makes the the whole story will be more arc and more dramatic. Yeah, because sometimes I can be a very awful therapist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I don't want to like, okay, I'm mean, like, oh my God, I can do whatever I want. I can do everything. <laughs> That's not interesting. <laughs> it's not interesting. I can be evil side. As well. <laughs> yeah, I'm still working on that. Writing songs is, um, yeah, it's the most challenging part. So you write yeah, the music I, too? I, write, I, I, like, I write the script and write a whole outline or everything I write very quick. But write songs, it really takes a lot of time to polish and to produce. I was a musician before in Taiwan, so I can write the lyrics and the melody. But for producing part, the music arrangement, I will hire somebody to do. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. Wait, you have so many different skills and talents. Ooh, I'm excited to hear it (laughs) once it's live. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely invite you. It's November. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so soon. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Or you mentioned that you you finish your writing like really quickly and that like you're able to write really quickly. Like, what are some tips that you have? If you write, I tell everyone that if you write, every everyone can write, and you can write very fast. You just found one fact about you, what you believe, or your life, or your experience. People are easy to talk about their experience on stage. If I ask you, oh, tell me about your mother, you will, you can say like one hour, no problem, and your mother's story is there. It's just a, so simple. It's just like... Um, Writing script, screenplay, stage play is so easy. The hardest part is polish. You have to rewrite and make the craft because the craft is a serious thing. You need to have to have a very basic logic that uh, how to um, arrange the rhythm of the the play and how the audience if the audience will understand what you're talking about. And the, and the storyline is that logic or not. It's just you have to rewrite again and again and let people see your work and they will give you advice. You can write the first draft very quick, like in one day, but you probably have to polish for one month. It's not impossible. Yeah, everybody can write a really good story. You just have to learn how to polish it. I'm just like, I give up. I've already written the first draft, and then it's like never edited. Deadline is your best friend. If you have a deadline, that's it. You know it's not perfect, and it's never perfect. Any other advice you have for listeners who are 
interested at all in the film industry or just wanting to get a creative project started? Uh, just to conclude what we talk about uh, today is that um, I still believe the best way is to create your own work. I think that's the most efficient way. And uh, just to, like offering more materials and also people can hear your voice. I think this is uh, the, one of the best ways. If you think as an Asian, it's so hard to get into the film industry, you should do the volunteer because um, it's not about Asian. If anyone who wants to like become an actor or actress in the film industries, you have to you have to learn on set. I mean, like uh, not just going to the film school or take some classes. You have to do a lot of background supporting role for the student film or the independent film. No pay. Sometimes you have to pay your own transportation. But you learn a lot of things about producing, lighting, and storytelling and how to follow the director and also acting as well. And and by those like volunteer things, you will have a lot of chance to learn. And then if you're doing well, you will have the connection and the director or producer, even other actors, they will think about you. If they have the chance coming up, they will call you that, okay, this is the role that I want. I think you are a very good fit for that. So that's how um, my experience and I see other working actors' experience. So it's still very, very possible to get into the film industry if you really want to do that definitely we'll leave all of the links that you mentioned and to support your project and all of that below for anyone who is interested which is a <laughs> lot of our audience no i just feel like i'm so happy to chatting with you i just feel like oh my god we have a lot of to to say and to talk it's so happy so happy i mean like uh, the motive to do this is like uh take them to our Nigger Foundation for the Arts website and see, are you interested to sponsor us? Like just one sentence or just one little concept can help the audience. I think I will be very happy. (laughs) Yes, I will definitely put a New York Arts Foundation link and everything will be here as well as in the description and on the Instagram post. Everyone be sure to check that out and support because that's just super important and I'm really excited to see it out in the world. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you use for your podcasts, and check out all of Yenja's links below, as well as on the Instagram page and on the descriptions or wherever you find your info. So thank you so much again, and I will see you in the next episode.